0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always great to touch base with Greg Bonda. He's the uh, Family Voice Australia, New South Wales and ACT State Director for Family Voice. Uh, Greg, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Yeah, thank you Neil for having me.
0: (laughs) Greg, some disturbing things, and I've noted that this sort of thing is really controversial happening in the UK right now, and uh, there's not a lot of discussion that's been given to this so far as from what I can uh, see in, in Australia, uh, but uh, the idea of mail-order killer pills, the idea of abortion uh, via your post, and uh, COVID rules changing things, and pushing things in directions we hadn't anticipated. What are your thoughts on some developments that are happening around uh, the DIY abortion?
1: Yeah, thank you, know Look, this is really disturbing information. Look, it appears that the Australian government from March the 13th to 30th of September has allowed um, telehealth items to be made available to reduce the risk of community transmission the COVID-19 and so forth. In, as part of that uh, uh, campaign, the government has added a number of medical items onto the list that is available to deliver telehealth services via phone or video by a doctor. Now, the real issue here is that, 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 that what's happened, Neil, is that a woman can, can merely phone a doctor order the deadly RU486 drug to kill her unborn child, Uh, then, of course, she would risk her own health as well. Uh, The disturbing thing is that a doctor would not know from a mere phone conversation, whether a woman had lied about her length of pregnancy, so that taking a life of an unborn baby, you know, after 10 weeks with the RU486 drug really runs the risk of a mother bleeding severely, sometimes fatally. So what we're concerned about is that a doctor without any ultrasound, without any, out any medical equipment, can merely prescribe this drug to anybody on the phone. And people that can prescribe the drug nearly include general practitioners, specialists, allied health providers, mental health professionals, and even nurse practitioners. So it's a really disturbing uh issue that we've come across, and we're, we're now going to run a campaign on this
0: now. And uh, Greg, disturbing, because uh, as Christians, uh, we see abortion as the taking of a human life. Uh, we see these little lives that are in the womb as being valuable. But there's an industry that operates on the side, uh, people who are providing abortion Services, and uh, as I understand it, there's even a national coalition of abortion providers now that are (laughs) lobbying the government.
1: Yeah, this is the disturbing part. The coalition of abortion providers, with the acronym sphere is calling on the government to continue funding remote provisions of the RU 486 even after the COVID 19 crisis ends. Now, the issue here is now that, look, let's just put our Christian faith aside for the moment. and, and 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 if you address this issue how can you allow a doctor or any other medical professional under this telehealth scheme to prescribe a, a drug without seeing the patient without examining the patient without medical equipment and thereby providing a drug that has real consequences for both the mother and the child. From a Christian's perspective, Neil, you and I both know, you can look at Exodus, Deuteronomy, Luke, where it's wrong to kill an unborn
0: child. Well, in some sense, we might say when we talk about slippery slopes, when these sorts of new measures are introduced, well, here we are at the another outcome of a slippery slope, where this sort of thing could be provided just a through the mail and uh, without much consultation at all, simply a telephone call to a doctor. Hey, the question, though, comes, Greg, what sort of things do you do as a Christian? Uh, What sort of uh, position might you take? What sort of answers? What sort of things might be involved in a campaign that uh, organisations like yours, Family Voice Australia, you're going to run a campaign? What are you going to be asking the government to do?
1: Yeah, look, Neil, we are running a campaign currently. It's on our website. But interestingly, you know, one of the disturbing things I forgot to mention was that this is actually a Medicare rebate provision as well, which to me is staggering. So what we're suggesting is instead of um, bending over backwards to the left-wing coalition of abortion providers, what we're saying is, look, government, instead of fun, instead of continuing on with the drug... Why don't you look at funding counselling, compassionate care, family support services, pregnancy crisis centres, and simplifying adoption procedures. I mean, what we're really saying is, and a lot of the other people should be looking at as well, is mums who are pregnant. If you don't want the child for whatever reason, or you can't have the child for whatever there are adoption procedures available. And there are a lot of families, now that are looking to adopt children.
0: And you're calling on the federal government uh, to end telehealth abortions. Uh, how would you go about doing something like that, Greg?
1: Look, we're, we're going to approach the uh, federal health minister, Greg Hunt. We're going to pr- approach every politician in the, in the uh, national sphere and say to them, look, we want an end to this telehealth abortion uh, in, in the, in the interests of both the mother and the child and we ask you not to extend the... the provision to provide this drug post-COVID-19 now. Uh,
0: Greg, let's move on. Another issue, and uh, we have talked about this on 2020, uh, the fact that in the United States, uh, as a result of Black Lives Matter and the uh, the Marxist-driven organisation that is a part of that particular uh, organised uh, e- uh, 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 people... Uh, is that there had been some attacks on churches across the U.S., and I'm not sure whether they've stopped this week, but about a week ago there was a report that came to uh, to light about, about five churches having been either burned or attacked uh, in some way. And, uh, and you've been asking the question, yeah. uh, what is uh, the media doing about this? Because it's not being covered in mainstream media. What are your thoughts here? Yeah,
1: look, Neil. Again, I, I'm staggered by the by the approach of the mainstream media. Um, only if you, last week, I think it was a week and a half ago, Neil, there were churches burned in Florida, Los Angeles, Boston, New York City, San Diego, and the media coverage from the mainstream media was zero. Now, this is really disturbing because, it, Neil, just imagine if somebody had burnt. Uh, a Black Lives Matter flag or a poster or or an uh, anti-abortionist put on fire a a, a Planned Parenthood-type clinic, an abortion clinic, it would be front-page news. So we are really concerned that the media is totally not objective at all. It is very left-leaning, and we think that uh, this indicates four things now. One, Christianity is under attack worldwide. It seems that sharing your faith is forcing Christians underground uh, at work, leisure or socially because of the fear of reprisals. The media no doubt is dominated by the left-leaning reporters and editors. Uh, We have issued press releases that get no coverage at all. And therefore, I recommend and we at Family Voice say we need to continue to respond with the truth of the gospel, uh, but avoiding the actual preaching, what we want to say to them is, look, these are real issues, morally, ethically, socially, that we need to address, but the media are just not interested, Neil,
0: not interested. Uh, I suspect, Greg, it's important for listeners to our conversation today uh, to say, let's not Keep these things a secret when you're having conversations, uh, whether it's a dinner yeah. time conversation in the in the right uh, context, uh, you know, the right uh, people around your dinner table. I mean, it mightn't be good for small ears, uh, small children. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is a sort of a mm-hmm. it's a mature conversation Correct. you've got to have. But yep. you've got to be able to address these ideas of what the media is mm-hmm. covering and what the media is not, and why the media is not covering these things.
1: Yeah. I mean interestingly, just a few weeks ago we had a webinar on Christianity and the media Neil and one of the things that came out of that and we had uh, the well known and respected John Sanderman from the eternity newspaper make the point that sometimes it may, not, it may well be in our interest not to let them, not to tell the mainstream media what we're on about because they're not going to cover it. And in any event, they're always looking for controversy, you know. How can we bring down Christianity? How can we discredit Christianity? Whereas, on the other hand, we should be saying, this is the truth, this is the truth, you know, and we need to make that point constantly at our work, at our, at our socially gatherings, and also, in particular, with our friends and colleagues and in family, I think is very important, though, because otherwise we're going to lose this battle.
0: Hey Greg, when you mentioned that webinar and you addressed media on that occasion you've got some other online events coming up and uh, sports chaplaincy, one of those you've got coming up in the next little while uh, give us some insights into the sorts of things you're doing to uh, to raise the profile of sports chaplaincy Yeah look,
1: very, very, very quickly Neil uh, interestingly next Monday night we have a, a webinar with Nick Farr-Jones, the captain the, who captained the 1991 World Rugby against England, and we won, and uh, it was a great, uh, great emotional moment. We also have on board uh, Dave Maca MacDonald, uh, pastor of Salt Community Church, and who's a former Brumbies chaplain. So that came to mind of what is it that chaplains actually do. Now, I, I, can, I can admit, uh, Neil, I am an accredited sports chaplain. Uh, I have been looking to to provide chaplaincy services for South Sydney Rabbitohs, but uh, that's on hold at the moment. But in particular, one of the things that sports chaplains do is working with their local church now. And it's important that churches engage with their uh, sports chaplains, and if they can find uh, any, uh, uh, a provider on uh, Sports Chaplaincy Australia website, you'll find that there are a host of chaplains available to work in with churches and provide the services needed uh, for for you know thousands of churches that have sporting uh, uh, organisations a- attached to them. So yes, they do a wonderful work, and uh, it's something that I really need for everyone to try and. Uh, take on board as as a church member.
0: I think what you're illustrating here is something important because if you know of sports chaplains in your local community and uh, if you uh, haven't got a a sports chaplain connection in your church, get those because uh, from what I understand, Greg, uh, an ordinary sports chaplain might have connections to 500 people in the community. And so as a bridge to your local church, the sports chaplain becomes a very important link
1: Absolutely. I mean, interestingly, you know, we all know uh, Mark McCrendle, who's a researcher, a Christian researcher. Neil, he made the point that we are more religious about our sport than religion itself. Australians spend four times more time watching sport at home per week than doing religious activities. So that being the case, what a great mission field for sports chaplains to get involved in sports. Um, in any sport at all, whether it's AFL, soccer, or, or, or cricket, or football, or V8 cars, and what I'm trying to say here is that Mark McRindle um, Mark made the point that as chaplains, we have a mission field, if people are so interested in sport, then let's take the mission field to the sporting arena.
0: OK, a little detail here, a free plug. What's happening with that particular interview with Nick Farr-Jones and Dave Mac When is that on and how can people access that?
1: Yes, yeah, thank you, No, Look, it's on next Monday night um, and and it's a, a free webinar so no one's asked to pay anything. It goes from 7pm to 8pm. All you need to do is go to the Family Voice website, look for events and then you'll be able to register We'd love to have people on board to listen to how Christians in the sporting arena uh, share their faith, Now,
0: Well, next Monday night, so visit the Family Voice website and get a link to how you can be a part of that between 7 and 8 on Monday night. A hey, great insights as always. Greg Bondar, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today. The Family Voice website is familyvoice.org.au familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is the New South Wales and ACT State Director for Family Voice Australia. Greg, thanks so much for the update today.
1: appreciate the opportunity, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.